Inestec and Ingenieria Radio present Inestec Science Pit, a monthly signature dedicated to decode science and technology trends. Inestec Science Bits, decoding science bit by bit. Hello and welcome to another episode of Science Bits, a podcast promoted by Inestec and Ingenieria Radio. I hope your holidays were good and you had opportunity to recharge your batteries because September is here, and with it, the return to work and the beginning of yet another school year. In this sense, keep in mind that today's lesson will take us to a virtual classroom with no walls and a bunch of games. The professors are actually researchers at Inesctec's Center for Information Systems and Computer Graphics. Antonio Coelho and Lionel Morgado, who are here today to talk about e-learning. So welcome. Hi, and thank you. Delighted to be here. Great. For today's lesson, can I put the paper and my pen aside, right? Sure. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Although, since we are online, we cannot really tell, right? Right. Yeah, right. Completely right. So my first question is for Professor Antonio. So, working in slippers at a distance is something that many have predicted over time. People are increasingly distributed and some companies adopted teleworking as their flagship and even DNA. So, having said that, the truth is that COVID-19 has strengthened and promoted this new hybrid paradigm, not only in the business and the industrial sectors, but also in education. Am I right, Antonio? Yes, uh, I believe that the paradigm shift will follow this crisis and in many ways. In education, we have been discovering that learning can occur in many places, not only in the classroom. Using mobile devices, students can study distinct topics outside the classroom and using progressive games, for example. I imagine that you are at the beach you can learn about the period and frequency of electromagnetic waves based on a game about surfing the waves or <laughs> on the sea. Um, this has been the main goal of one of the flagship projects in the Horizon 2020 European Union projects, uh, Project Beginning, uh, where Inestec participated. Uh, as, as one of the main contributions of this project is a platform for learning anytime and anywhere using a games-based approach. But this new paradigm will also benefit inclusion and accessibility. Students that have health issues or disabilities still be able to attend classes with their classmates and also keep the after classes work with them. On the other hand, as you have said, industry will be able to hire people globally and not only locally and as a small country, Portugal, uh, with highly qualified professionals, can benefit from this. This is something that is occurring nowadays, for example, uh, in informatics engineering, even before COVID-19. But Lionel, despite this mentioned by Antonio, there are clear differences between the physical and online environments, which bring several challenges, I think so. Um, for example, isolation led to the reduction of the number of fieldwork activities. 
So my question is, how can technology help mitigating said differences? Well, let me start by saying that I find it a daring um, assessment to say that I work with my slippers on. <laughs> okay? Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Regarding the differences that technology can mitigate, well, look, this difference between the physical and online environments was something that only absolutely clear for people that were already working online intensely. Like ourselves at Universidad Aberta or the people at Inestex e-learning research. This is not novel for us. We knew, we felt this difference every single day. Mm -hmm. However, due to the pandemic and the sudden shift, it's now widespread. People now realize that working online, it's not just doing video conferencing. The dynamics change completely. And yet things work. So there has been a great change in confidence for the better because it's a, it's a more aware, rich environment. There is widespread awareness that working online is not just video conference. Working online is different way of working. And this widespread awareness, this confidence, both will become powerful movers of this technology. So actually, the desire in, the, in society surged for ways to complement field work, laboratories, and hands-on activities in general. There are already many solutions for this, but people didn't see them as a priority. Well, <laughs> now they do. At Inesctec, for instance, we've developed a simulator for aircraft engine maintenance teamwork of the F-16 fighters of the Portuguese Air Force. We, did, we created simulators for unmanned submarines for the Icarus project. We created cooperation tools so people can collect data from the field and share it online. Gosh, so much stuff. We, we created version control services for 3D models in support of urban planning discussion. We even enabled remote theatrics, like a student being able to control the mythical Adamastor giant using body movements remotely, or elders. One of, our, one of our field testers was over 80 years old doing gymnastics more than 100 kilometers apart from each other. All of this that we have done years ago, or as recently as last year, are now seen as a great showcase examples of what is already possible. And congratulations, Inestec, for this. And concerning education, Antonio, both teachers and students came face to face with that challenges mentioned, uh, with the students required to take on new responsibilities, for example. So, Antonio, which tools can support both parties during the learning process? Well, technology has a huge potential to promote change, but the adoption is only a shift with tools that are easy to use and also that adapt to the learning practices. Teachers are the main resource in education and tools must be, must be teacher context aware, automating and hindering the technological effort and using the teacher context to free teachers from management, allowing them to focus on education uh, actions. In the project that I mentioned, uh, Horizon 2020 Beaconing, this was addressed in an interesting mode by creating an ecosystem with distinct players focusing on their competencies. So game designers create game narratives as building blocks for learning. Uh, educational instructors or learning designers will then create what we call gamified learning plans 
that incorporate these games' narratives with challenges as mini-games that are used to achieve specific learning objectives. Teachers will then be able to select and adapt these gamified learning plans to their classes using very simple visual interfaces. And they will also be able to monitor student progression and make individual adaptions for each one. This will allow a high level of personalization of the learning. So I believe these new tools will be deployed in a distributed community in every senses, uh, time and space uh, wise, where teachers and students and also parents in the elementary school uh, are the core of the learning process. In this way, taking advantage of multimedia, the web, social media and games, which are already a significant part of the life of the youngest generations. Okay, but however, uh, and returning now to the context of the pandemic, no one was expecting this work and teaching method to go on for months and months. So, how can one keep the students or employees motivated while managing a large number of people in the long run? Antonio, there are strategies for set purpose, aren't there? Yes, I believe that the main problem with this sudden change um, in the learning paradigm was the effort, management and engagement. In class, teachers are able to motivate students with distinct strategies that they improvise according to each class student characteristics and their own experience. But in e-learning, embodied communication is much more limited and digital mediated. So the same strategies need to not work and have to be adapted. So in a way, learning has been emancipated, giving students much more autonomy on their learning progression. This autonomy must be supported by distinct structural mechanisms, which can be easily adopted and understood by students. I use gamification in my classes uh, as students are well acquainted to the game design principles. Gamification is the use of game elements and game techniques to enhance motivation and engagement in non-game process, such as learning. For instance, we can give feedback on the student's progression by using score and progression bars. As the students have success uh, in their learning, they are rewarded with points and recognize these, uh, these steps with badges. And at some milestones, they can move to distant game levels. In my personal experience, the great benefits of gamification is the improved feedback and the activity loops that give the students easy structures, challenges and levels to keep engaged and improve their learning methods for a specific course. Currently, gamification is also being used in industry for several issues such as collaborator engagement, client engagement, efficiency gains and in human resources. Thank you, Antonio. Linia, does teaching read video games uh, mentioned by uh, Antonio or about video games have many funds? Is there a significant practical interest in these solutions? Do you know? Oh, indeed. Video games are at the forefront of excitement in nowadays creative industries. The role mm -hmm. of other arts and media in the past 
as exciting new frontiers of self-expression and communication, if I may put it like that, that excitement is now found on video games. It's the excitement of the new arts and media. It's a form of expression where the consumer, which is the player, must absolutely interact to the artifact. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. In a sense, the game is created by both the game studio and by the player each time it is played. So this means games are a kind of a human artifact for creative dialogue. So instead of talking or showing models, rules, consequences, teachers can provide students with experiences of those models, rules, and consequences. And mm -hmm. it's instead of just discussing them, students can live them, test them, demonstrate their intent. All that is dynamic. But the social consequences of laws, the physical emergence of properties from rules, the economic consequences arising from management decisions, all of this is dynamic in the real world. And all of these dynamics are experiences that can be experienced and demonstrated with games, something that previously was almost impossible. So this novelty of games across the board of human expression has spawned immense interest both regarding their use and techniques for their creation and their actual approach to, to design and gameplay. So we followed from this interest and teamed with the Portuguese Society of Video Game Sciences to organize last year the first seminar about video game education. We invited and almost all higher education institutions in Portugal which teach video games accepted came and were represented, even if they just had one or two courses about the topic. It was a great assembly, and there is great hope that a cluster of competences in this field in Portugal can emerge, linking the research with the practice and the education about video game development and use. And what's next, Leonel? Immersion. Tools. We now know that great experiences must immerse the participant. Using technology systems, using the headsets, whatever you care, but not just that. Immersion requires great narratives, requires challenges that engage participants, so that you get both the sensory immersion of technology, but the mental absorption of narratives and challenges. So this combination requires novel ways to describe and analyze what's going on. We are working on taking the beginning ideas that Professor Coelho mentioned further into all sorts of rich, immersive activities. And we are calling this new idea, new platform for inventive activities, we are calling it Invenida. It's a really new concept and we are building on top of it with yet another one, which we called virtual choreographies. So the idea is that we can define as a choreography, a pattern of events of virtual participants and objects. And if we do that, if we create this concept of a virtual choreography, <clears throat> we can enable people to explain what they care about, what is supposed to happen. So instead of saying coordinates X, Y, Z, or time slot number five, we can say the handball team adopts this or that offensive tactic. By doing this, we can also identify events as patterns to support teachers or managers' analysis. For instance, in the GRASBAS and feedback projects at Inesptech, 
we collected data on office users' behavior regarding energy consumption. And instead of analyzing long lists of time and locations, we could classify behaviors as the, uh, working during the day but leaving the computer on while having lunch, or turning the lights off when being the last person to leave the office. Such meaning-rich patterns, just like this. <laughs> By using them, we believe this is an incredibly powerful way of understanding what happens in immersive online environments. And this understanding, supported by both the, the overall platforms of Invenida and the use of virtual choreographies as elements of analysis, will be essential for the widespread adoption of these new tools. Thank you very much, Lionel and The field of gamification, video games, and how reality is for being game over. So at a time when teleworking and remote learning take on a relevant and challenging role, Ines Kdek and Suzik demonstrated that scientific knowledge can play a key role in society. And to all of you who have been listening to us, we hope our conversation was playful as well as educational. We will meet again in the next episode for another talk about science and technology. Inestec and Ingenieria Radio present Inestec Science Bit, a monthly signature dedicated to decode science and technology trends. Inestec Science Bits, decoding science bit by bit.